up, men, and welcome to another episode of Father Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, as always, Kellen Allen. Howdy. That's for you. That's for me. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, I just got back yesterday. From From the great state. The promised land. (laughs) I wasn't going to take it that far, but you did. The Republic of Texas. Okay. Yeah. You, you heard it here first. And not not just Texas, <laughs> but the heart of Texas, which the is heart. DFW. Dallas. Yeah, that that's that's a, a great statement to make just to clarify um, for anybody that's anywhere else that's saying like, yeah, El Paso, I agree. No, we're not talking about you. Definitely not Houston. Uh, definitely not Houston. Definitely not Austin. No. Nope. Not San Antonio. We nope. love you guys. We do. Uh, and we're glad that you're listening. Please continue. But but it's like, it's Dallas. Yeah. 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 We yeah. love New Braunfels, too. We do. We've we got do. a church plant there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you guys are listening in the San Antonio Bear County, B-E-X-A-R is how you pronounce Bear County. It looks like Bexar, but it's not. It's Bear County. If you guys are listening really? in Bear County, and if you guys are in the proximity of- Or South Austin. Or South Austin, or really anywhere within that, that region between San Antonio and Austin, we have a church plant you guys need to be at and be attending. They are up and running. They're officially open. Compass- Bible Church Hill Country. Compass Bible Church Hill Country. But it's great. And they're right there off of, here's the the street name. It's Life Haas. H-A-U-S is how you spell Haas. (laughs) Life Haas. Don't they have a a town named Green somewhere around there? Oh, yeah, they do. And that's spelled like groin, but it's green. (laughs) It's just all weird. The pronunciation is weird down there. But uh, but no, we would love for you down there. Pastor Hayden Thomas is uh, down there. Pastor Evan Jacobson is down there. And uh, Pastor Hayden's the lead pastor there and doing a great job with that church plant. We would love for you and your family to go check it out. But yeah, Let's I get did. get back up the road to Dallas. Though. I did just get yeah. back from Dallas and uh, actually was there with a, another couple that were out exploring the area as we're um, prone to do. And, and uh, they wanted to, to get some good food. So guess where I took them? Where? I took them to Hutchins Barbecue. That is fantastic. In Frisco, Texas. I mean, that, you could have just hopped back on a plane and came back and that would have been a great trip. Dude. Hutchins is the closest experience to heaven that I have on <laughs> on this side of eternity. I mean, their brisket, like you just, the first, it's, I can't even put it into words. Yeah, and they give you a uh, peach cobbler. Uh, free. To, free. Yeah. And, and as much as you pudding. want. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But the, the brisket, it's like, dude, I I could eat it every day for every meal for the rest of my life and be so, fat and satisfied. Yeah, there you go. I was, yeah. I was about to say, it wouldn't, you wouldn't just be slim and trim and, no. you know, keeping your, your body as but it I, is, but, but it would, it'd be I'd great. be satisfied. Be, <laughs> I would be satisfied. No. And every single person I've taken there has, has come back going, yeah, you're right. That's, that's the best barbecue. We understand. Especially bringing people from California out there. They're like, right. oh, I oh, get this, it. Yeah. This is why everything out here is swill. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. not Cause good. it's not good. It's not good. But yeah, but I can't eat it every day because I would get fat and uh, fat, maybe fatter is the right one. And even though, even though Leviticus 3.16 says all fat is the Lord's, (laughs) you know, it's important for us to exercise some self-control when it comes to uh, Uh, our dietary intake. I think that would be a good thing. And not just in our diets, but just in life in general. Right. And that's what we're talking about on this episode is we are here to talk about the attribute uh, that is an attribute for an elder. Uh, but it's an attribute for for all quality men of God, and that is the attribute of self-control, which, uh, Kellen, you know something about as yeah. a former athlete. Yeah, 
perform, so I'm not a current you, athlete. How do you do that? Is it like the Marines? Are you a former Marine? I don't know. But not you, an ex, are you, you an ex athlete? You <laughs> former athlete. Well, I just mean I'm definitely not. I wouldn't consider myself an athlete nowadays. Uh, so yeah, I guess former would be okay. You're an amateur athlete. You're a dad athlete. Yes. Right. You're dad athlete. To my to my kids, I look right. a, like a superior athlete that should and be. You're a better athlete than I am. You run our. Compass Active Ministry. I'm just saying you you played competitive college basketball. Right. That's what there, I was there, referring there's to. A, there's a resume that, that can support it. I get you. Yes. And so I did play college basketball. And yeah, the, when we talk about self-control and discipline, um, you have to have that in that level of, of sports. And even, you know, you can go down to the high school level um, and we look at the kids that are there and the kids that are in college. Like, you have to have self-control. You have to have that discipline. Otherwise, you'll... You'll, you'll fall behind. Uh, you won't be as productive. And, uh, you know, if you're going there ultimately with the goal of getting playing time and trying to make an impact for the team, uh, you won't be able to do that because other people will be doing those things that uh, are self-controlling and, and disciplining, disciplining their body. And uh, ultimately, whatever skill or talent that you have, it won't be able to reach its potential. And so there's a lot of things just from an athletic standpoint that you're tempted to do because your friends are doing it's like man i want to do that right but you can't right? right you can't stay up all night you can't eat whatever you want to because you have a job to do and that's just the, the christian life is that right? right we can't do what the world is doing because we have a mission we have a job to do and and paul tells us about that and uh it starts off in first corinthians nine twenty five. he says Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we imperishable. And so our the things that we're doing in life and the mission that we have is it's that imperishable. It's those uh, rewards that we'll receive one day in heaven that can't be taken away. And so that's just such a blessing. And, it, you know, when you think about a, even an Olympic athlete, like they change their entire life for, you know, not just a couple weeks, a month, a year, but like you know, a decade, some of them, because they have to stay at this tip top shape. And, you know, they, they don't get to do what everybody else does, but they're okay because they have a different goal in mind. But even the prize that they win, right. Which is what Paul's talking about. Siri. Hey, listen, we're recording a podcast. So if you could just chill for a minute, is that my Siri? That was your Siri. No doubt about it. That was yours. Pipe down a little bit. Um, anyways, (laughs) that's why you guys tune into quality manhood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even those Olympic Olympic athletes, and this is Paul's point, they get the gold medal and and whatever. Like you take somebody like M- Michael Phelps, phenomenal athlete, right? Right, phenomenal accomplishments. But then, except for every four years when the Summer Olympics come along, when do you ever think about Michael Phelps? Right. Well, some people think about him when he's eating because he had a, he he had a diet. Well, yeah, but but crazy. I'm just saying, like, yeah. <laughs> his glory is right. but for it's momentary. A couple weeks, and yeah. he's the best. Yeah. He's the best to ever do what he did. Right. And it's going to fade away. And his name is eventually just going to be in the record books if the Lord tarries and doesn't come back 50, 100, 150 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. The broadcasters will mention his name as one of the greatest, but most of the people alive at that point are going to go, who was that? Yeah, I our, don't... our kids don't know who Michael Phelps is. Right. right. And yet Paul is saying, look, the self-control that we exercise as Christians is superior to that because we are striving after an imperishable wreath, which is hearing from the Lord, well done, good and faithful servant, right. entering into eternity to spend with Christ. And that's the reward that we are disciplining ourselves for right yeah and that peter says in first peter he's talking talks about you know those things that we that can't be taken away those rewards that can't be taken away is that's what we strive for and i think 
oftentimes as Christians, we we lose sight of that. We almost think that we're doing this and it's going nowhere. But really understanding that this obedience that we have to God here on earth, it, it's it's never going to go away and we're going to receive that. And God, it's not like he's going to forget or, you know, anything like that. All of it is being stored and won't be able to be touched, which is a great thing. and so much better than just the, the meaningless things that we can focus on or even the temporary things that we can focus on here on this earth. Um, and so, yeah, just a great reminder to always get back to that. Yeah. So self-control, like we mentioned earlier, first Timothy chapter three, Titus chapter one, it's listed there in both those passages as a qualification for an elder. Uh, but there's some other passages where we come across the, the, the idea of self-control and that it should be present in the life of a Christian. Uh, Galatians five, the fruit of the spirit, five twenty three, self-control is listed there in the fruit of the spirit. Second um, Timothy one, seven, Paul says, God gave us a spirit of self-control that we should be self-controlled as believers. Uh, Titus chapter two, verse two, you who are are older men out there, Paul says, should be men who are self-controlled. And you young men listening, if you're going, sweet, I'm off the hook. Nope. Titus two, (laughs) six says you should be self-controlled like the older men are self-controlled. And really that kind of comes down to, to Titus chapter two, verse 12, where we find out that, that self-control is really a, a byproduct of the gospel. Um, so I'm going to read Titus 2, verse 12 here in just a second. And I want you to listen in to how the self-control is, is connected. Starting in verse 11, it says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. So being saved, the grace that saves us also trains us, verse 12 trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live, here's our concept, self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the gospel is there to produce in us self-control. In fact, we know from 1 Peter chapter 4 that Christ is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. That he's going to return. And Kellen, what is in 1 Peter 4, 7? we find there that, that Peter admonishes us towards self-control in light of that. What's the concept that he's talking about there? It says, well, I'll just read it. Um, it says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. Uh, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And so just thinking about that self-control, it's it's for the sake of our prayers, right? As we're praying to God, uh, we need to have self-control. We need to have that humility and even understanding that all things are coming from Him. But uh, being able to to think through um, just our glorifying God through all of that. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Christ is coming back. How are you going to be found when He returns? That's some of what Peter's talking about there. And yeah, it's talking about our, our prayer life as well, that if we are not men of self-control, our prayers can be hindered. So what are we talking about when we're talking about self-control? Because this is kind of a maybe ambiguous concept still in, in our minds a little bit. At the end of the day, men, we're talking about morality in our lives. We're talking about being self-controlled men, making sure that we are uh, learning to to discern between what is good and what is evil. And at the end of the day, choosing what is good over what is what is evil, choosing what is good over what is wrong and what is clearly sinful. Self-control is avoiding excess really in anything but worshiping God 
It's, it's not giving ourselves to the full-on pursuit of anything that is an idol in our lives. And yeah, that could be food, that could be sex, that could be, uh, you know, our, our kids, that could be a entertainment. job, yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be any of those things. Anything that, that we give ourselves over in excess to that's not a pursuit of the glory of God. That's not a pursuit of worshiping God. Um, and, and my wife always tells our kids, and I so appreciate this. She says, you guys need to learn to be able to tell yourself no. Right. And that's self-control in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even one of the areas is could be laziness, right? We want to hit the snooze button and want to sleep in. And sometimes, like you just said, being able to tell ourselves no and disciplining our body, as Paul talked about, uh, to do simple things that start off, start our day off on the right path is getting up, getting in the word. Um, when those times when, when you don't feel like praying, I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to find things to pray about because it's that important. I'm going to find time to study God's word because it's that important. Um, I don't, you know, naturally we don't have to find time to watch TV or find time to do um, some of those earthly things that, again, when we talk about our temporary, we don't have to stretch ourselves to do that, but we need to discipline ourselves uh, for those godly things because it's not natural to our flesh. And so being able to, yeah, tell our body no is a great thing to do. And uh, more often than not, when your body wants to do something, it's something that uh, you, you probably should check it because it may not be honoring to Christ. And if it is, then great. Um, you've disciplined your body to where it's it's wanting to do things that honor Christ. That's a great thing. But um, always being able to evaluate to say, is this something that's pleasing God? Because that should be our goal in everything that we're doing and knowing that our flesh is weak and we're going to have to continuously tell ourselves no in order to, to be able to do it. Yeah, Kellen, you mentioned the word discipline there a couple times. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven, right after he says, hey, every athlete exercises self-control as they're striving after that imperishable wreath. Verse 27 of that same passage, 1 Corinthians 9, he says, but I discipline my body. I discipline my body and I keep it under control in the ESV. Some older translations say, I make it my slave. Yeah. I make my body my slave, lest after preaching Christ to others, I myself should be disqualified. And so that's the, the fleshly desires, the fleshly lusts that you have within you that you need to learn to say no to. And that's that discipline. I'm going to discipline. I'm going to keep it under control mm. and, and make sure that my flesh doesn't rule and govern me, but I'm governing my, my body here, um, walking by the spirit, not by the flesh, right? In that, yeah, Kellen, like you said, that can come into the area of laziness, that can, men, that can come into the, the words from our mouths, right. you know, being self-controlled in what you're talking about, being self-controlled in your temper so that you don't get heated when you're getting into an argument with your coworker in the office about vaccines or about masks or about uh, the, the border crisis or about politics, Man, you need to make sure that you're not after winning the argument at the cost of losing the soul right. uh, that you're talking with. And so self-control is, is huge in that. Yeah, what you take in with your eyes, Kellen mentioned entertainment. You know, having the self-control, even if everybody else in your life is watching Game of Thrones for you to go, I'm not going to watch that tribe because it's just absolute smut and garbage and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to mm. give myself over to that and justify it by saying, oh, well, you know, I can handle it. No, you need to not give yourself over to anything that is is glorifying the flesh and glorifying what is evil and that which Christ died for. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, self-control is, is it involves discipline in doing the hard work uh, to make sure that we are not giving ourselves over to an excess of anything that isn't glorifying to the Lord. Yeah, and you mentioned that, just the things that we take in, right? And so um, looking, just the thought of stopping 
stopping the sin even before it gets to us or stopping the, the, the thoughts and the ideas and the things that we fill our minds with. Because the more we fill our minds with those things and the more we act out on it, the more we um, start to dream about those things or even like plan those things or plot those things in our uh, in our planning for the day. And Psalm 36, 4 said he, he plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. And just that thought of our, our natural tendency, again, our fleshly desire, if we're not focused on Christ, if we're not focused on doing the things that are pleasing to the Lord, are, are, are typically going to be those that are evil and wicked. It's just our nature is who we are. And so that even just... Uh, that desire and that self-control to fight and make sure we tell ourselves no um, is important because if we just left to our own senses and our own thoughts, then it's going in a way, as the psalmist says here, in a way that is is evil and wicked. Yeah. And so maybe, men, you're out there going, okay, so self-control is important and we should be men of self-control. What does that look like? How do we do that? I think number one, uh, and Kellen already hit on it a little bit earlier, is uh, you know, the intake of the word, um, you know, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure, which is definitely an issue of self-control. And he says, by keeping it according to your word. Uh, well, you need to be in the word if you're going to obey the word. You need to be in the word if you're going to be guided by the word. You need to be in the word if you're going to be molded by the word. Um, and if you're not, if that is not a priority in your life and you're looking at your life going, man, I am not a man of self-control. Um, well, I would say step number one is get yourself in the word and saturate yourself with the word daily. You know, the, the writer of Proverbs says, and I can't remember exactly the, the address, but he says this, he says, a man without self-control is like a, a city without walls. Mm. Um, what a vivid picture that is for us, man, that you are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy if you do not have self-control. Uh, and so one of the ways that you build up those walls, men, is by building it up with the word of God daily, taking it in. We've talked about in previous podcast episodes on quality manhood about meditation and memorization and the importance of those things and ways to do that. So you can go back and listen to some of those episodes uh, in our archives, but uh, be in the word. And then the second thing is so often we are about weeding our spiritual gardens. And what I mean by that is, is we're focused on saying, man, I, I need to, to just make sure that I'm, I'm avoiding sin. I'm, I need to stop sin. I need to get sin out of my life. I need mm-hmm. to, and we're, we're, maintaining, you know, our, our spiritual lives or trying to maintain our spiritual lives by focusing on not sinning rather than saying instead, man, how can I please God? That's the key to self-control. It's saying what right now in this moment is going to be the most pleasing thing I can do for the Lord. And if that becomes your mindset, well, then you're going to take care of the weeds. You're going to take care of the sin because the answer to that question is never going to be sin. Right. Um, but it can be so helpful for you in the moment rather than being defeated and beaten down and trusting in all of these peripherals to come back to the issue of, okay, what's my job right now? My job is to please the Lord. How can I please the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. And I think one more to, to add to that, of course, there's, there's many that we're just hitting on a few of them, but one more to add to it is just surrounding yourselves with men that, that, that reflect this self-control, uh, the self-disciplined nature, uh, right? And that's going to allow you to um, strive to be that way, right? When we surround ourselves with people that um, are quick-tempered and, and angry and flying off the handle and not self-controlled or uh, those things that we're, we're, we're trying to fight against, when we surround ourselves with people that uh, continuously do that, it doesn't help our case, right? It doesn't drive us to 
be better men of God and to be uh, more sanctified. You need to get men in your life that are setting an example, that are asking you questions about, you know, what time are you getting up? How's your how's your reading of the word? How's your prayer life? Uh, get men around you that are going to challenge um, your discipline in your Christian life and not ones that'll just let you let you slide because they're struggling with it too. And so, um, you know, getting those men in your life that, that you see that have that self-control, that have that discipline and that you would, would like that to be a part of your life, surround yourself that way. And that's going to help drive you to get there along with, um, you know, obviously praying and, and asking God for that help and that wisdom. Yeah. And I, I know sometimes after with a concept like this, the, the question is, okay, so, all right, guys, PJ and Kellen, g- give me some books. Give me some books to read that are going to make me a, a self-controlled man. Give me, give me a podcast to go listen to. Give me a sermon series to go <laughs> go listen to. What 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 can I do? Give me something like that that's going to be the magic wand to to me becoming a more self-controlled man of God. Well, the 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 good news is, man, you don't need any of those things. The bad news is, none of those things will make it happen for you. Um, you need to decide to do this. I mean, this is coming down to, at the end of the day, a sanctified willpower that is deciding and choosing what can I do to please God rather than what can I do to please myself? Um, Because that's the fork in the road that faces you uh, multiple times a day. And the self-controlled man says, I'm going to do what pleases the Lord, not what pleases me necessarily. And and as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, right, our our will conforms and and uh, is united with the will of God. And so the answer to those two questions, what's going to please me, what's going to please God, hopefully that becomes one and the same thing over a period of time as you become more Christ-like. Uh, but, but man, at the end of the day, look, Kellen and I aren't there with you when you're making these tough decisions. Your pastor's not there with you when you're having to make these tough decisions. It's, it's you. It's you in that moment choosing whether or not you're going to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul calls it to you calls you to, or, uh, if, if you're going to say, yeah, you know, no, I'm going to go ahead and give into my flesh in this moment. So men, we want you to be quality men of God. We want you to be self-controlled men of God. We want you to be able to say no to yourself, to be disciplined, to exercise that self-control, knowing that man, what you are striving for, what you are saying no to here on this earth is going to be nothing when you stand in the presence of Christ. It is all going to be not even just worth it, but you'll be able to say, man, I would give it up all over again for what I have now with Christ. And so, men, we will be praying for you this week as you strive to be self-controlled, quality men of God. 